How do you respond when your child falls over? Most people, there's so much variation, either a quick cuddle or up you get, move on, brush it off. How to help your kids deal with pain, today on Feed, Play, Love. Feed, Play, Love with Siobhan Hunt. I'll never forget the day when my then three-year-old told me that the paper cut on her finger was, and I quote, the worst pain she had ever felt. It was hilarious, but also, given her age, probably true. How children experience pain is the subject of a new study from the University of South Australia. The study looked at everyday pains in children aged two to seven and asked health experts, parents and educators how best to help kids recover from minor pains or injury. Dr. Sarah Warwalk is the lead researcher. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Siobhan. How are you? I'm good. Okay, looking at it from a child's perspective, a small bump, or in my case, a paper cut, can be enormously painful. How can parents help a child with such limited life experience gain perspective on that pain? Yeah, that's a really good one because, as you probably would know, paper cuts can hurt a lot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But actually, I think one of the big things with paper cuts is they can often bleed a lot or they get, like with my kids, you know, they get tomato or lemon or something in it and then it really stings um, as well. So, yeah, look, I think in terms of encouraging kids or like help them to interpret what that means, I would just tell them exactly what it is. You know, you've got a little cut on your finger, a little bit of acid might have got into it, which just makes a little bit sting. If we wash it, just wash out that acid, then, you know, it'll feel a lot better. So that whole process can be quite frightening for a child. And I think that's what you're alluding to. You know, if they don't understand what they're feeling... Um, You just mentioned how we can talk about a little cut, but are there other ways we can talk to them about pain uh, that can kind of help reassure them and not allow them to get too frightened of it? Yeah, I think one of the really classic ones, and so we don't have to just talk to our kids about pain when they're experiencing pain, because I think one of the really great ones is when you're in the shower and, or, you know, your kids are in the bath and they've got a bruise on their knee and you go, what? Where did that come from? (laughs) Bet you didn't even know when that came along, you know, and it's trying to reiterate that sometimes, you know, we can get these bumps, scratch and bruises and we don't even know when they, when they occurred. And so is that what you're, what you should talk to them about? It's like, oh, so was that when you fell over or explaining where it's come from? Yeah, uh, you don't necessarily have to say where it came from because we may not know. But just, I think, reiterating this idea that you can have, you know, tissue damage is what we would say, but there was no pain experienced at that time. So it occurred, but they didn't feel anything because I think that's helping to teach kids about pain because pain is actually quite complicated. But the main idea is that, you know, we learn through our own life experiences when we have tissue damage, often we get pain. Therefore, if we have pain, we get tissue damage or we have tissue damage, but sometimes we can't see it in the case of people with persistent pain. 
And I think we develop these sort of long-held beliefs about pain, which unfortunately aren't always the case. And particularly with persistent pain, often there is no tissue damage associated with that and there are other contributing factors. So I think if we can teach kids from a really young age that pain and tissue injury aren't necessarily completely related, then that simple short message is really quite powerful. And I'm wondering also about the kinds of ways we speak to our children when they do have an accident. So, you know, sometimes they can fall over and not feel pain and sometimes they fall over and they definitely feel pain. Yeah. So given that we're not in their body (laughs) and we don't know whether it's hurting or not, what's the best approach? You know, do you pop them on their feet again and say, hey, you're okay, let's go. Or do you stop and you say, okay, you fell over, you've hurt yourself, how do you feel? Like, what's the right approach when a child falls over? Yeah, I'm going to say first up, there's no real right and wrong approach because I think every child is going to be different. And, you know, there will be cases when, you know, you can just encourage a child to sort of keep playing. But in other respects, I would say often everyone's emotions and experiences and feelings are are real. They're real Mm. to them. So if a child is feeling pain or if they're distressed, that's how they're feeling. And I think it's really important to validate those feelings and emotions and those experiences. We don't need to dwell on them necessarily if that's going to be unhelpful, but certainly recognising this is what you're feeling right now or this is what you're experiencing, I understand that and I get that this is how we're going to manage it, you know, or it might be, and now we're going to move on. And that can be, that can be really helpful, but I do think that it's important to, to validate their experience as well. Because there can be a lot of emotion around being hurt. So you said pain can be a complicated thing, but I'm imagining if you stubbed your toe and then nobody seemed to care that you stubbed your toe that toe might hurt a little bit more than if someone came along and said, oh, you poor thing, that must have really hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, if I'm stubbing my toe, you know, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm walking out the back door, you know, I've got people over and I'm holding stuff and I stub my toe, I'll go, whoops, and kind of move on. But if I'm having a bad day and I walk in the door and I'm a bit grumpy and I stub my toe, there might be a few other words said and I might, it might hurt a little bit more. <laughs> so I think, like, context really matters. And it's the same with kids as well. You know, often if they're tired or hungry or if there's something else that's kind of happened in their day that's maybe made them a bit upset, then you might expect their responses to be a bit different. A prime example would have to be when they're fighting with their sibling and their sibling just pats them on the head and it's like... (laughs) they've been decapitated. Yeah. <laughs> I don't suppose you have any advice on how to deal with that kind of pain. Yeah, it always hurts more when your big brother does it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't yeah. laugh because it's never funny when it happens, is it? No, it's not. And look, my thought would with that would be to just, you know, talk to them about the context of it and, you know, was it was it that bad, you know, for them? In, was it just because it was their their big brother or their little sister or whoever it was? Or did it really, you know, hurt that much? Or are there other emotions that are contributing to, to why they might be responding like that as well? 
Your study found that we should involve kids in their recovery. What do you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, with younger kids in particular, I would, you know, encourage them if they got a little graze or even a paper cut to go get a Band-Aid. And initially, obviously, you can help them to put it on. And the main thing, I guess, with a Band-Aid is just that you say that it's all protected now and you can go and play. It's fine. It's not going to get dirty. It's not, you know, it's it's fine for them to go on and play. Um, other things could be to do, you know, to get a wet cloth or, you know, if someone's bumped their head, you could get the sibling to go to, you know, the freezer and get an ice pack to try and help. Because I think it's really important to kind of instill this idea in, in kids that they are active participants in their own recovery. Um, because we often find with adults that their sort of health-seeking behaviours end up being, so I'm going to, to the physio, they're going to do this to me, or I'm going to go to the doctor and they're going to fix this. And, you know, sometimes that is helpful, but more often than not, they are providing us with the tools so that we can go and help ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I unfortunately could see myself in what you just said there. Um. <laughs> it's not uncommon. And society has kind of really instilled those beliefs in us because the way that, you know, physios advertise often, not always, themselves, it's, it's you know, come here and we'll do this. or And it's really something that I think has been reinforced in our behaviours over time as well. So, yeah, if we can try and encourage this in our kids, then then I think that's a really good leg up. What are the other reasons why it's important for our children to understand pain? Oh, I think there's a lot of reasons. I think chronic pain or what we call chronic pain or persistent pain, so pain that persists beyond all the tissues of healing, so generally we would say that's pain for three months or longer, is incredibly common. So one in five adults, one in four adolescents will experience persistent pain and it can be really debilitating. And I think it's important for people to recognise this in other people. So in particular, um, I'd be talking about in the school situation when you have other kids who might be experiencing pain on a day-to-day basis other kids just can't necessarily relate to that or understand that. And I think it's really important to, to educate and for kids to understand what this means and the impact on those people because it can have huge um, social, cultural, family problems. Yeah, so I think from that perspective, it's really important. I think it's also really important because we don't know how to prevent persistent pain. But certainly we know that people who do have persistent pain, one of the things that's really important for them to understand is how pain works so that they can understand how pain is working in their body and what might trigger it or what might help help them as well. So if we can try and teach kids from a really young age sort of how pain works, then we don't have to break through so many of these barriers that we then 
are faced with when treating people with persistent pain, such as those long-held beliefs that I was talking about earlier, you know, this idea that tissue damage equals pain and pain equals tissue damage. Yeah, so I think it's really important from that perspective to get kids to understand about pain and how pain comes about and how it works. As soon as you said that, it made me think of um, pregnancy and childbirth and how, you know, all through morning sickness, I'd say to myself, this is not a bad sickness. <laughs> this is not a bad sickness. And then midwives really want women to know that the pain you feel in childbirth is not um, a bad sign. It's not something that you want to push away necessarily, although, yes, you do when you're in contractions. Yeah. But it's that's an interesting angle to it as well, right? Like if we haven't been taught that pain can mean different things, it's not all bad. Certain yeah. things can become very frightening. Yeah. So I guess pain is really about protection. Our, our body is amazing in the way that it works to try and protect us. Sometimes it's, it's less helpful in the cases when it persists, but otherwise, you know, what would, we would be in a very dire state if we didn't feel pain. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, Sarah, I think that um, that's really helpful for lots of parents because some children really do feel their little bumps and bruises quite intensely. So it's a very helpful way to look at it all. Thank you so much for your time today. No worries. Thank you for having me. Thanks for the chat. That's Dr. Sarah Warwick. She's a research fellow at the University of South Australia, Allied Health and Human Performance. And I'll pop a link to her study in the notes of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Feed, Play, Love. If you did, please rate, review or favourite. That way you'll get all the new episodes, plus we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, email me at feedplaylove at listener.com. Bye for now.